And this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Gordon Darach, British journalist in The Hague, contributing editor to Dutch News and serial election casualty. And with me today is Paul Peters, Bonnetjes aficionado, president of the secret Theresa May fan club and master's <laughs> student in civil engineering. Our other regular contributor, Molly Quell, is currently on a fact-finding mission in New York. Uh, has she found any facts, Paul? No, she hasn't. No, I didn't think so. So in her absence, we're delighted to be joined by Leslie McGlynn, who is, uh, well, you know, who can introduce herself. Hello. Uh, yeah, if you were listening to last week's podcast, you'll have heard Molly introducing me as Dutch News's new producer and stalker, which I was... Mostly bit, stalker. Mostly yeah. stalker. Persistence beats resistance. Um, I met Robin and Molly at an IMX pop fair in Amsterdam a few weeks ago. And Robin asked if I might like to help produce the podcast. And Molly was kind enough to let me in when I appeared at her Delft home window and even kind of let me into your <laughs> lovely, lush, uh, intimate recording studio. Yeah. Um, you, you were vetted by the dog first. Right? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and like I, I got very attached to him too. Yeah. He's on holiday now, though. I'm a bit sad. Yeah. Um, anyway, Robin asked me, I think, because I'm a newbie to the Netherlands and I'm kind of a plastic expat in that... I'm actually on a career break from my job at BBC News in London and I've been living here the last three months for the usual reasons of romance. <laughs> Not for the love of the Dutch language, which I am most definitely struggling with. <laughs> All those, it's the yeah. G. I thought it would be easier with a Scouse accent than my Liverpool accent, but it is not. No, we've, 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 we've chucked a few um, place names into the script for you to um, cut your teeth on uh, a bit <laughs> later on. And uh, yeah, Leslie will be chipping in from time to time with uh, some questions uh, of the kind that even Molly wouldn't ask. Um, but no, uh, Paul, uh, it's King's Day coming up. Um, have you been clearing out your attic, uh, ready to flog your stuff to your neighbours? Yes, I'm ready to sell all my junk to uh, to all my neighbours and uh, everyone that might be interested. So um, please uh, come visit me in Delft. <laughs> I have a lot to offer. We'll be talking more about King's Day traditions uh, in the discussion a bit later on. But first, we've got news of earthquakes in Groningen, a rare footballing success, and why Dutch teenagers are happy bunnies, but Dutch bunnies aren't. <laughs> In our top story, judges have ordered a criminal inquiry into the earthquakes in Kronia, which have been triggered by gas drilling. The prosecution service previously said it wouldn't be holding an investigation as it wasn't a criminal matter. But the court ruled there were indications that the NAM, the company responsible for extracting the gas, had damaged homes so badly that lives were at risk. The news comes in the same week that the government announced it was cutting production by 10% because of the risk of quakes. Yeah, and the uh, NEM was surprised with this ruling, right? Yes, it brought out a statement saying uh, it was surprised by the court's decision, but uh, it'll cooperate fully with any inquiry. Uh, there wasn't much else it could say. Really. Yeah, and, and what could the NEM be facing in, in a criminal court now? Well, if the court decides that um, that uh, senior officials uh, in the um, uh, NEM, which is a joint venture of Shell and Exxon, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> that they were um, that they knew about the. Um, the, the risk of damage but they didn't act on it so they were negligent they could get up to 15 years in prison yeah and the interesting fact here is that the uh, Dutch state is also a shareholder in the NAM yeah. so how would the how would NAM NAM how would they be responsible if they're filling a quota for the government yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's to do with uh, how they assess the risk and if the risk assessment was adequate and if it's decided that there, there wasn't it was um, then that would be negligence but um, it's one of so um, several setbacks to the NAM. I mean, the, 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 up until now, they've basically been able to decide the level of compensation for people hit by the earthquakes, and they've 
withdrawn from that under pressure of the uh, local residents. Um, and, and they've also had to um, scale back production um, because of the risk of quakes over the last few years. Yeah, they did that this week. Yeah, this week. And yeah. indeed, um, Hent Camp, the um, uh, economics minister, has cut it back by another 10%. So it's now down to 21.6 billion uh, <laughs> cubic metres, which sounds a lot, but uh, it was about 80 uh, billion in the height of production yeah. back in the 70s yeah. and like 80s. 70% drop. Yeah. Something yeah. Like that. And what is the actual damage to the Groninger houses? Well, so far, I think the bills amounted to um, about a, a billion euros now, and it's uh, ticking up. Um, yeah. And the NEMS has um, uh, been forced to buy around about 60 houses from people who just can't sell them because they're in the earthquake zone. Yeah. Um, and they've now, the, the courts have also recently uh, told them they have to compensate not just for the structural damage, but also for the trauma that people suffer yeah. as a result of being in the quake. So it's going to keep mounting up. And obviously, this all, all the cost eventually comes back to the state. Yeah. yeah. So it's gonna be I have read online that there are people living in uh, containers on their own land and yeah. their gardens because the houses aren't safe enough for them to yeah, live in. Yeah, indeed. And then the government declares their home uh, unsafe to live in, mm -hmm. uh, but the government is responsible for for this, and then they have to live in a container next to their house. It's, yeah. it's a ridiculous situation. Yeah. Yeah. But people so, don't really know, like I'm only just reading up on it now because I'm so new here, but Groninger is the biggest gas field isn't it yeah, yeah in, in, in europe, europe. oh in europe yeah. in, in yeah. europe and it's like a, a huge source of income for the government for the country so yeah yeah it's a catch-22 it's a catch-22 yeah i mean the colony of gas has underwritten a lot of the major structural projects of the last sort of half century you know so a lot of the roads and railways have been paid for by yeah. the uh, by the money from the colony of gas fields so if they lose that then it's a big dent in the economy <laughs> In Brexit news, Prime Minister Mark Rutte is organising his own mini-Brexit summit on Friday in The Hague. He invited the heads of government of Ireland and Denmark to informally discuss the EU strategy for the Brexit negotiations with the EU. The purpose of the meeting is, according to the Dutch government information service, to thoroughly understand mutual interests. So, and uh, why has he picked the, these particular countries? Well, it's not a coincidence. Uh, these three countries are the biggest economic partners of the uh, UK in the EU. So the Netherlands, for example, is exporting 60 billion euros to the UK and uh, uh, Ireland and Denmark are the second and the third partners uh, to the uh, to the UK, UK. So they have a lot to gain with a soft Brexit. Well, I get the impression as well as a bit of a <laughs> bye <laughs> as they start trying to divide what they're going to get out of this yeah, when we do go. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because at the same time, the Dutch cities are kind of pitching in now for the spoils of Brexit. Yeah, it's <laughs> like hyenas on the carrion. Like, Indeed. So we'll, we'll I have will your... have your banking. <laughs> I will have your medical. Actually, what was it you were telling me earlier about the... Um, the medical association yeah the european medical association uh, is is based in london and um uh, yes uh, um i think the eu said last week that uh, it was going to move to uh, the european mainland uh, the British government said, uh, oh, no, that's uh, not, not definite. It could still stay in London. <laughs> so Europe said, hang so, on a second, so no, we, we, you know. That's so they, they want, they, they're leaving the EU, but they want to have the EU agencies in London. Yeah, they say Brexit means Brexit, except when we've uh, when there's, <laughs> when there's yeah. 900 people about to move out of London yeah. and, and take a big, uh, yeah, a big major employer with them. So were there any other leaders, EU leaders, that will... Invite. Uh, yes, uh, Rutte is planning on inviting uh, countries such as Luxembourg, Poland, 
Hungary, Hungary and also the uh, Baltic states uh, uh, later to discuss, uh, you know, what they're going to do and uh, what their positions will be. Uh, what about your uh, your close neighbor Belgium? Your <laughs> yeah. close friend Belgium. Yeah, Belgium is uh, not invited. They, can, <laughs> they can't join our little uh, Brexit party. Uh, that is because even though Belgium is indeed an important economic partner to the EU, UK, but but Belgium is considered to be too pro-French and too uh, <laughs> too <laughs> too 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 much focused. On, on France, which is now a, an, an enemy to uh, to, to, <laughs> to, to, uh, to the UK and also to the Netherlands, because uh, you know France doesn't have these uh, uh, large economic interests in the UK as we do. No, yeah. pa- no party bag for Belgium. No. no. Dutch teenagers are among the happiest in the world, according to Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development's first report into the well-being of teenagers across the globe. The OECD reports that Dutch 15-year-olds enjoy good relations with their parents and teachers and are second only to Mexicans in the Happiness League. Oh, wow, Mexicans. Yeah. Yeah. On average, across the OECD countries surveyed, most 15-year-olds are happy with their lives, reporting an average level of 7.3 when marked out of 10. Yet over 8 in 10 Dutch 15-year-olds say they feel part of their school community and 95% of them said they feel their parents took an interest in their school activities. So the report is good news for children of the Netherlands who were also voted, as it happens, the happiest in the world by UNICEF back in 2003. Wow. Mm. Uh, so Gordon, your children aren't exactly of teenage years and uh, are quite new to being Dutch. Uh, b- but still, what do you find having been bringing up your kids here in the uh, in the past three years? Yeah, so I'm coming up to the teenage years and uh, I think you know, parents are very kind of involved in kids' lives. Definitely, There's lots of sports clubs and uh, you know, activity, after-school activities. You often find you have things like... Um, you know, creative play afternoons in schools and uh, parents uh, you know, get very involved in all that kind of thing. Uh, given there's a, a concentration on immigration at the minute, the report also looked at how happy immigrants are at school, finding 83% of children who were born in or had parents born in Arabic-speaking countries, they felt that they belonged in their Dutch schools versus, for example, the same demographic going to Danish schools only reported 67% mm. of children reporting feeling of belonging mm in their school so that's a good reflection on Dutch schools and integration yeah I think. yeah Indeed. just kind of encouraging I think so yeah, and, yeah. Uh, maybe I don't know it's, it's slightly surprising there's a lot of discussion often in society about the division within schools because quite often um, you have the phenomenon of uh, white and black schools because you have the free choice of schools and on the subject of migration uh, Geert Wilders's anti-immigration party launched a fresh bid this week to curb dual nationality Builders admitted that the move was aimed particularly at Turkish-Dutch dual nationals, who number around a quarter of a million. More than a million Dutch citizens currently hold a second passport, but the rules have been tightened up in recent years. Yes, and this is uh, following the uh, results of the uh, Turkish referendum. Uh, uh, 70% of the Dutch-Turkish uh, nationalists they um, uh, voted for the uh, 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 change of the constitution, of the Turkish constitution. Um, Wilders is clearly not happy with this result, so uh, uh, he decided to just ban dual nationality. Yeah, well, he's either not happy with it or he sees it as an opportunity to kind of push one of his hobby horses. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did his hobby he horses say something again. like when someone said, this would be quite hard when Turkey will keep offering this mm. na- uh, nationality to um, Dutch-born Turkish people? And he yeah. was like, that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was basically his argument. That was basically his argument. He said that uh, if Turkey wants decides it wants to keep um, giving citizenship to people living in the Netherlands, then that's their business. Yeah. But I think this is also to do with the um, Turkey's ongoing talks to enter Europe. That it was a concession that was made to them. They were allowed to 
um, have dual or offer dual um, nationality to um, to Turkish citizens um, who didn't have to give up uh, either either the two passports. So that could be coming to an end because it looks as if the Turkish you know, negotiations with Europe are you know um, uh, yeah running around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are actively trying not to 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 join the EU anymore. Yeah. But on the issue of um, uh, Dutch dual nationality, I mean, there's other parties as well that uh, I'm wanting to um, cut back uh, to cut back on. Uh, people having two passports. Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe it's the Favorite Day, and they said, yeah, they want to uh, to restrict or to or, or completely abolish dual nationality. And uh, Sibran Buma, the leader of CDA, he said during the election that even the Queen should have to give up her Argentinian passport. <laughs> and yes, maybe she <laughs> can sell it on on Coinstar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe she sit outside the palace on uh, Thursday morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can snap up her passport. Yeah, just before she goes to Tilburg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but on the other side, there's uh, um, some parties like D66 and uh, Labour. They want to make it easier to have dual nationality. So they, they, they want um, at the moment, if you're a Dutch passport holder and you take another nationality you have to give up your Dutch passports and they want to they want to end that um, yeah the, the, the bad news there is that uh, at the moment you have to live here for five years before you qualify for Dutch citizenship and but they want to extend it to seven. Oh wow there's a bill how many years the, have you got left oh I've got another four to go but uh, oh. yeah. yeah or you should marry a uh, Dutch citizen yeah or maybe marry does one does that make it any faster uh, yeah three years uh, I yeah, believe then yeah. it's three years yes yeah, yeah. so, I mean, three years by marriage yeah. so then qualify so yeah now, anyone out there <laughs> he's, a lo- he's a lovely guy he's lovely this is the Dutch news dating show <laughs> in uh, sports news now for the first time in 20 years Ajax the Amsterdam football team managed to reach the semi-finals of the Europa League in a bizarre match on Thursday Ajax lost 3-2 to German side Schalke 04 in Gelsenkirchen but still went through after winning the home leg 2-0 Extra time was needed after Schalke wiped out the deficit in the second half and Ajax went down to 10 men. And when Schalke scored a third goal in the 101st minute, Ajax seemed doomed. But against all odds, they scored two goals in the second half of the extra time, including one in the very last minute. Yeah, so dramatic stuff. And uh, does this mean there's um, a renaissance in Dutch football on the way? No. (laughs) I haven't heard much about Dutch football recently, actually. You have to fill. I have to catch up on it. Oh, okay. Well, there's not much to catch up. Th- on. There's not much to catch up uh, with, <laughs> indeed. There is a there is a team in the Hague. Uh, you can uh, you can visit the stadium. Uh, yeah, I think it's my want. boyfriend. Simi keeps telling me about it. The name's not sticking. <laughs> it's gonna kill me. Uh, Ado. That's it. Ado. Yeah. Ado. Sounds yeah. like a shoe shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, how do things stand now in the national leagues? About three games to play, right? Uh, yeah, three ga- f- three games to play. Ajax is uh, second now, uh, b- uh, below Feyenoord, uh, one point below Feyenoord. And uh, on Sunday, so a few days after this uh, long match with the extended time, they have a big match against PSV from Eindhoven, and they are number three. They really need this win to uh, have a chance to uh, to win the league. Yeah, so it's a squeaky bum time for Ajax, and, yeah. and for the semi-final of the European League. A potential problem with the uh, home leg. Right? Uh, yeah, they're draw- drawing the, uh, the 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 matches. I think today or tomorrow. And uh, the first leg is on May fourth, which is Dodenkinking or Remembrance Day. And uh, the ceremony is held in Amsterdam on on Dam Square. So uh, the mayor has said that the club won't play a home match on that date, which is uh, reasonable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if, if they're drawn at home, they'll have to find another date or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, and um, uh, there is some uh, some big news from Amsterdam as well. Uh, there are more and more rumors coming through that uh, they will finally rename the uh, Amsterdam Arena Stadium uh, uh, the Johan Cruijff Arena. His birthday is the 25th, and it is uh, expected that they will announce uh, this renaming on, on, on that date. That's nice. Yeah. Isn't he known for like a turn? Wasn't it called the Cryoff Turn or something? He's known for everything. Oh, he's just, he's just a god. He's, he's, a, he's a god. Yeah. yeah no, in the UK, he's mainly known for the turn, isn't he? But he, yeah. he did, did a few other things. Like he that. did a few other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, why is it taking so? Given he died last year, why is it yeah. taking so long um, for the stadium to be named after him? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> no one understands this. But uh, apparently, it has something to do with the sponsorship naming of the stadium. If they, if they rename it Joe and Cryoff Stadium. They cannot sell it to to any company or whatever to rename the stadium. Uh, so well, it comes down to an argument about money then, which is what Johan would have wanted. Really. Yeah, <laughs> he's notorious for this, is he? Yeah, <laughs> but he, he had to know. He famously, when the, the, the Dutch team played in the 1974 World Cup, uh, they were sponsored by Adidas, but uh, he, he had his own sponsorship deal with Puma. So he, he had he actually had one of, the, one of the three Adidas stripes taken off his shirt, because okay. so he didn't clash with his personal sponsor. <laughs> Whilst Dutch teenagers might be some of the happiest in the world, the same cannot be said for the household pet rabbit. Recent research by the Dutch pet food industry, NVG, reported 63% of rabbit owners only keep one rabbit and that, in effect, they could be suffering from a kind of Bugsy alone syndrome, making them a little bit depressed. Yesterday, the Animal Trade Association for the Pet Industry and the Dutch Society for Animal Protection together launched their Happy Rabbit Project with three independent pet shops in Maastricht, Middelburg and Gouda, I think I said that correctly. Yeah, yes. Um, exhibiting special pop-up shots for happy rabbits to inform owners and potential owners of the best way to raise your bunny, and that might be by having bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the uh, the Dutch they successfully raised all their children, and now they uh, uh, they're going they're to ruining the lives of their rabbits. Yeah, yeah. And now they're going to improve the lives of the rabbits the same way they improve the lives of their children. Yeah, mm. by putting them in a nice hutch with a lot of hay. That's what you do with you guys, right? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and, uh, and then and giving them a little friend. Yeah, yeah, and company. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're uh, they're sociable animals. And, th- and there was me thinking they were in mourning for the Dutch Mickey the Rabbit <laughs> creator Dick Bruno, yeah. who died last year. Yeah, Nietzsche in in Dutch. Nietzsche. Yeah, Nietzsche. Oh, okay. Well, I sounds even cuter. It sounds cuter. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, Miffy doesn't have a mouth though, no. does she? Yeah, yeah. she can't tell if she's happy or sad. Yeah, it's all in the eyes. It's all in the eyes. <laughs> she has to smile at you. Well, Dick Bruno always <laughs> says, uh, Dick Bruno, when he was drawing Ninja, I I refuse to call it Miffy the Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, since since Ninja doesn't have a mouth, I I cannot draw him sad or happy. So I really have to focus on the eyes. Yeah. So that was the the hardest part mm. to draw the eyes. Yeah, so, so this is a, a, a kind of a campaign to improve the mental health of rabbits, uh, but also possibly has a bit of a commercial side to it. I think so. I think mm. you know, there's not. It's not a coincidence that they're also saying. Yeah. Buy another rabbit from the, <laughs> yeah. the Pet yeah. Association. Yeah. I well, mean, there's another argument. You might say that they could be happier if you just didn't keep rabbits. <laughs> and they, they should be just running around in the field. It's just a suggestion, but... Yeah. Well, we'll be discussing the annual festival of royalist fun that is King's Day after this word from our sponsors. Do you drive or ride a bike? Are you in the train or on the train? If you're producing text in English, but aren't sure of just the right wording, M Squared can help you. M Squared is a digital publications company that can help you with all of your writing, editing and translation needs. 
They have a combined 20 years experience crafting the perfect document from editing books to writing website copy. If you need help with your website text, brochure, thesis, press release and more, contact them at info at msqrd.com. So next Thursday is, uh, Leslie can say it. Koninstag. I can't say No, try again. Okay, Koninstag. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That one day in the year when everyone downs tools, gets dressed up in ridiculous orange gear and goes out to palm off their old books, incomplete jigsaws and rusty old bicycles onto their neighbours. All in celebration of the King's birthday. This year it's a very special King's Day because Willem Alexander turns 50 and to mark the occasion he's having dinner with 150 of his loyal subjects and opening the Royal Palace in Amsterdam for 50 hours. So we thought we'd ask our resident Dutchman, Paul, to give us a guided tour so that Dutch news listeners can join in the festivities. So first of all, um, this used to be Queen's Day until recently, and it was on um, a different day. So uh, yeah. a, tourist, a tourist still turning up on the wrong day? Yeah, indeed. Uh, Queen Juliana's birthday, uh, that's the king's grandmother, was April 30th. Juliana uh, would celebrate her birthday by inviting thousands of subjects to her palace, and they would all line up and uh, uh, form a parade. Uh, when Beatrix became queen in 1980, she decided to do things uh, differently, and she would visit the people in two towns. Um, Beatrix chose to keep using Juliana's birthday as Queen's Day, officially in honor of her mother, but practically because Beatrix's birthday is on the 30th of January, mm. which is in this country not a guarantee for nice weather. Yeah. Um, and indeed, there are still a lot of uh, old lonely planets uh, uh, available, which uh, <laughs> say that April 30th is a national holiday and you should dress up in orange. So uh, uh, go to Amsterdam on April t- 30th and you will see a lot of tourists Just in being ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, on, on, on the actual King's Day, you are allowed to wear orange, but but not on other days. So oh, it's, I can just imagine some American being like, guys. Uh, <laughs> also, British people do this. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, so Molly. It's, it's, it's not all American. I know Molly's not here at the minute, but she <laughs> clipped me around the ear for saying that, I think. But, but it's nice, isn't it, that the, the whole country gets a day off, day off for the King's birthday. Yeah. So that, yeah. that doesn't happen in Britain. It's so cute. Well, <laughs> well, there was that year when the Queen had the Jubilee. There was the wedding. Yeah. And their birthday as well. Yeah, well, once in 60 yeah. years. This whole thing about dressing up in orange makes a lot more sense because when I moved in with my boyfriend a few months ago, I found a orange tiger onesie <laughs> in, in the wardrobe. Oh, I, 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 I expected this <laughs> sentence to go somewhere completely different. <laughs> well, I was just a bit concerned, but now I realise it's all innocent fun. It's all in honour of the king. the king. Yeah. And what else happens then? So it's King's it's king's Night and then King's Day. Is it Queen's yeah. Night and then King's Day? I'm a bit confused. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, on Queen's Day, uh, you had Queen's Night. That's the night before the actual holiday and everyone goes to the pub and uh, keeps drinking, uh, you know, <laughs> getting wasted. And then you have your hangover on the actual holiday which makes way more sense yeah. than the way we do it in the uk because in the uk the holiday is the day everybody gets really drunk at bank holiday monday for example and then on tuesday everybody's very delicate yeah mm. so uh, uh ev- everyone is on the streets uh, selling their junk with a hangover that, yeah and there are yeah. zombies where did, the strolling junk, around. where did this junk thing come from well it's the it's the only day in the year that you don't have to pay taxes over the money you make <laughs> do you know what this is a new thing to me like how the dutch love to save some money <laughs> this is the duchess this yeah. is the duchess uh, holiday yeah. ever indeed <laughs> um so as people are just making money selling their old junk and uh, yeah to Trade, people trading is in your dna isn't it trading yeah. is in our dna yeah. yeah and obviously because you're hungover and a bit melancholy you end up sort of uh, picking up sort of a, a few 
nostalgic trinkets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and what's, that, what's your what's your biggest loot? What's your biggest score that you've I've, got? From I've King's never Day? been to a free market. Oh. That's a confession I made oh. now. I've never been to one. So I'm, I'm <laughs> and now you can give me your Dutch passport. <laughs> <laughs> but even more impressive for me than the than, than the drinking and the um uh, and the on street merchandising is the fact that you after the um when the cafes all close on King's Night, uh, you have this massive clean up operation on the streets. Uh, at two two a.m. the uh, the pubs close and everyone celebrated on the streets everyone goes home and then this entire army of cleaners they they emerge from i, th I believe the uk I <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why london looks like such a tip sometimes because all of our cleaners are over here yeah, so, indeed. so uh, everyone cleans uh, all these uh, this army cleans the streets and then uh, at around 8 a.m uh, i do have uh, to say like, this country is the cleanest i've never <laughs> been to singapore i've heard it's very clean there but um yeah, you guys get the prize for clean, tidy streets. Well, thank you very much. So um, every year the King and Queen um, go and visit uh, a uh, provincial town in the Netherlands. Where are they going this year? Uh, this year they're going to Tilburg. That's in uh, Brabant. Mm. Uh, uh, Where's that? North, south, east, west? I'm still learning. Uh, Brabant is the south. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, because he, he turns 50, there are also uh, some other uh, special uh, uh, events planned. For example, you, you said that the Royal Palace in Amsterdam is open for 50 hours uh, in a row. And uh, they uh, transformed the palace into a little museum and they uh, exhibit uh, all sorts of curiosa, such as the King's Cradle, uh, Queen Maximus' wedding and inauguration dresses, but also Stier Hermann. Herman the Bull. Do you know uh, do you no, know Herman no. the Bull? No, no, Herman it's the, the first genetically modified bull. Oh. He lived in the Netherlands and they stuffed him and they, he's on a, <laughs> he's on an exhibit in the uh, Natural History Museum in Leiden <laughs> and they moved into the Royal Palace now so uh, you can visit in there. Yeah. There are still tickets available. You have to register for the uh, for the Royal Palace but there are still some uh, some left over so if you are interested you can uh, apply yeah. for that. There's also the more recent tradition of um, the King's Games because Philem, Philem Alexander has been king for four years now um, yeah. and uh, he, he, he brought this in. Yeah, he started this uh, tradition uh, uh, Willem Alexander is a uh, sp yeah sporty sporty guy. Yeah, he member runs of the International Olympic Committee. So yeah, yeah, indeed, and he uh, runs marathons and he did the Elfstedentocht as well. Um, do you know the Elfstedentocht? No. We will. I will brief you uh, later. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, he thought it was a nice idea to uh, uh, start this annual tradition of a, a sports day at primary schools. Okay. So uh, today, one point two million uh, school children are. Uh, doing sports and doing games yeah. and they have a little breakfast uh, before that and mm -hmm. he started this tradition and uh, it's the f fifth time they uh, they are doing this yeah. he goes to one of the schools isn't he? Yeah. Maxima? Yeah. Uh, it's, he it's another example of making your Dutch school children happy yes yeah by yeah. Uh, playing outside and uh, having some fun yeah 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 and, uh, and they all have to wear something orange for the sports day yeah as well, yeah, so, yeah. yeah yeah that's my favorite bit, they actually. are <laughs> they are provided with orange uh, sports uh, wear so uh, yeah. lucky for the children so no one has to borrow my boyfriend's line <laughs> no, indeed. Well, I see the king's going to be on television as well this uh, next Thursday. Oh yeah, yeah, indeed. There is a, a special uh, uh, televised interview announced on on Thursday. Uh, it's uh, a, a collaboration between NOS and RTL, just like uh, the, uh, the 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 last uh, televised yeah. interview so before the state its inauguration. Yeah, yeah, the state broadcaster NOS and the uh, uh, commercial broadcaster RTL. Um, the, in the last. Uh, um, uh, interview he famously said that he wasn't a cow 
<laughs> just to clear that up for anybody who wasn't um, sure. He was asked, uh, what are you going to name yourself when you become king? Because we had three Williams. I was about to say, William? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they asked him, are you going to be William IV? Or, uh, and he said, no, I'm just going to stay uh, King William, William Alexander because that has been my, my name for m in my entire life. And if I become King William IV, I'm just another cow in the field. Uh, and that's why he's like, I'm not a cow. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Indeed. So what are you guys going to be up to for your King's Day then? I have to work. Mm, what job is it this time? Because Barista. Uh, Paul is like uh, Mr. Ben and people from the UK <laughs> yeah. knows Mr. Ben just changes his job hat. Ah. And that's you, right? Taxi yeah. driver, barista. And uh, podcast host. Stato extraordinaire. Yeah, indeed. Mm. Yeah. And what are your plans? This uh, is your first King's Day, right? This is right? my very first King's Day, yeah. yeah. We were supposed to go away and then my boyfriend was like, no, you must see it. So. Yeah. Um, Are you going to Amsterdam? I think so. We yes. talked about that. I know that we're going to be in the Hague on Wednesday night. Yeah. yeah has course, he bought, has he bought you a matching onesie? N no, but he's listening now. So <laughs> do you have I'll some? I'll tell you next time I speak to you. Do you have some orange clothing or? I don't know if I do. It's it's a requirement. Is Otherwise, it? you're not allowed in. You need to see the seriousness of Paul's face. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know? He's like, who let you into our country yeah. without you knowing this? Um, I'll have to go out and invest in some uh, orange t-shirts, yes. socks, and things. Yes. Some dealy, some orange it, dealy boppers. Yeah, an inflatable hat will uh, will be enough. Will suffice. Yeah. 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 Oh, we'll do. What about you? I think I'm just going to take my children to the street markets, probably, and uh, try not to spend too much. Uh, <laughs> you cut your eye on anything special? A pair uh, of clogs or a nice... No, it's usually mainly just some books and uh, board games from yeah. The, yeah, with pieces missing. But unfortunately, the weather forecast isn't that great. It is expected to be a bit rainy on King's Day, so that's uh, very unfortunate. Orange, orange umbrellas for everybody. Yeah, indeed. indeed yeah. All, all, all those uh, orange... Uh, orange yeah. ponchos. Yeah, orange ponchos. Yeah. All, the, yeah, all, those, all those orange waterproof trousers <laughs> if you're going to buy. Yeah, indeed. Essential. Yeah. Well, we hope we've whetted your appetite for King's Day. That's all we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which you can find online on dutchnews.nl. We'll include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. Please send us comments, compliments and abuse by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. My thanks to Paul Peters and Leslie McGlynn. I'm Gordon Darroch, and we'll be back next week.